And welcome to episode 33 of The Postcast. My name is Sean Fairholme, and I'm here with Cassie Stein. We've reached nearly the end of the PGA Tour season. The Tour Championship is now on the docket at East Lake in Atlanta. We have an exciting finish coming up. We have Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, the most likely to possible possibly win the FedEx Cup, but also John Rahm, uh, Mark Leishman, who won last week, will have a chance to win. Dustin Johnson, if he wins the uh, Tour Championship, will win the FedEx Cup. A lot of very exciting possibilities for the end of the year. Uh, Cassie, what are you most looking forward to this week in the in Atlanta? Um, you know, just the play overall. I think the play has just been outstanding these playoffs. I mean. We've had prominent winners in DJ, Justin Thomas, and Mark Leishman, and the courses have been outstanding. I, I, I wouldn't put it past, you know, the Tour Championship not to be outstanding. So I, I think this is just going to be a great weekend of golf just to wrap up this 2016-2017 season. I, I'm excited for it. Yeah, just going back last week to Mark Leishman, uh, his second win of the year. He's now a top 15 player, player in the world, and um, a very under-the-radar player. We don't talk about him a ton, but he uh, has put together a very nice career in, on the PGA Tour. He was the Rookie of the Year in 2009, and uh, now he has really blossomed here recently, winning uh, a FedEx Cup event. He won in, at Bay Hill earlier in the year. He's the uh, only Australian to win a PGA Tour event this year, except for uh, Cameron Smith, who teamed up with Jonas Blix to win the, the Zurich Classic. We haven't had uh, Jason Day or Adam Scott or... Um, Aaron Baddeley or Greg Chalmers, all those guys won last year. None of them have won this year. So it's a Mark Leishman kind of taking the uh, Australian flag and running with it this year. Yeah. And like you said, he's really under the radar. Mm-hmm. I like we, we never talk about him. No one ever talks about him, I feel. And this was his second win of the year. You know, he won Bay Hill. That's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's a pretty big tournament to win. I mean, it's the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Like, uh, you know, that's big. But um, and he just tore up Conway Farms. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it just incredible the way he just got around that course and just made putt after putt and made shot after shot? He just made it look so easy. I wish that's how my golf game looks, but <laughs> that's not, that is not the case. <laughs> it's always nice to shoot twenty three under for a tournament. I don't think you or I are have that in the cards anytime soon. But watching someone do it is is fairly exciting. It wasn't even a tournament on the back nine. Absolutely. It it was fun. It was fun to watch him just go low. I think there's just some tournaments where I don't know if it's exactly in a major. Some people like when they go low in majors, but just sometimes in tournaments when they go super low and they're just out there, you know, to just shoot a crazy number. I I think fans like that. That's why they tune in. Oh, yeah. I love watching that, too. And, uh, you know, Conway Farms is not the most difficult golf course on tour, but it's fun to watch the guys Mm -hmm. make some make some birdies and eagles and very, very exciting. And one last note before we bring on Steve Eubanks to talk about the LPGA and last week's Evian Championship. Mark Leishman is just a really good dude. He's just mm-hmm. a, a great person. Yeah. Uh, our Ron Green Jr. has written about how he almost lost his wife. You know, they thought for for sure that, that she was going to uh, to not make it a couple of years ago. And uh, he has persevered through that. She is feeling better now. And uh, it's a great story to see what he's been able to do this year. And he will have a chance to win the FedEx Cup and to win $10 million on Sunday if he were to uh, to win the Tour Championship. Very, very exciting. Looking. Yeah, that, that's that's not that's not a bad gig. But, you know, the best part, I, I wouldn't say the best part of that story is, but, like, he was ready just to give up his professional golf career to, to take care of his two kids at the time. 
they now they now have three kids with his wife. But I, I think that was just he literally came out and said he's like, if my wife does not make it, I'm gonna just stop playing professional golf, which is obviously his passion, and he's very very good at it. But he was just gonna give it up and take care of his two kids, which I find to be incredible. A great perspective on life, isn't it? Being yeah. able to separate what golf means and what family means and what people means and and uh you know i i saw that he he hit a marshal um with a golf ball this past week and um mm-hmm. he was interviewed after the tournament so that he really felt something for that marshal and he, and he kind of paused for a second and went you know what we're playing a golf tournament and this person was hit by a golf ball and the person ended up being okay but um just that that human nature to him, I think, really makes Mark Leishan a likable character. And it's time that we start talking about him in the same vein as the top players in the world. You know, we shouldn't talk about him as an underappreciated star. He's he's right there with, with everyone else. He, he deserves that. So it's uh, it's been great to see. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Everything you just said. And right now we welcome on Steve Eubanks, our LPG and insider to the podcast. Uh, Steve, how is Georgia treating you? Well, so far, so good. It's uh, The weather is beautiful. We've got the uh, championship this week. I'm out at East Lake, and it's a, it's a gorgeous day to be a Georgian. Who are your Bulldogs playing this week? The Bulldogs play Mississippi State, so mm. it's Bulldog against Bulldog this <laughs> week. And uh, <laughs> after Mississippi State's uh, big-time trouncing, I think it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting week to test both teams. Steve, this uh, LPGA major season has been bookended by a couple of odd kind of controversial tournaments. First, we had the uh, the A&A inspiration with Lexi's four-stroke penalty and then the, the shortening of the Evian Championship to 54 holes. What do you make of the way the LPGA has started and, and finished the major season? Well, look, the, the, uh, the A&A inspiration was no fault of the LPGAs whatsoever. The rules of golf were uh, were followed to the letter there. And I think you saw the entire golf world respond appropriately to that in making an immediate rules change uh, concerning, you know, not just concerning people calling in, but but how minuscule does a, does an infraction have to be in order for it to be called? Um, if someone moves a ball inadvertently, they didn't know it at the time. Uh, no one around them saw it at the time. The only way that it can be viewed is when you go back on replay and get a close up of it. That, that actually made a whole lot of sense for the for the ruling bodies to come in and say, this is getting out of hand. This is kind of silly. Let's go ahead and change that. So I think that on the from, from the standpoint of the ANA, every, the LPGA could not be held at fault because their hands were tied. They simply did what the rules at the time dictated. Now, the, uh, the Evian is an entirely different story. If you're going to have a major championship, the competition has to come first and foremost. Everything else is secondary. Travel, hotel, weather, everything else is secondary to we're going to play this competition uh, from start to finish in accordance with the rules, and we're going to get 72 holes in. We have to stay here till October. Uh, <laughs> and they they didn't do that. Um, on a Thursday, when the, when the weather was, you know, arguably the worst it was all week, winds were gusting up 40 miles an hour, Rain coming in. It was a terrible, miserable day. Um, but when that happens, you simply suspend play and go back out when you can. Uh, instead, they scrapped the entire first round and immediately declared that they were shortening the event to 54 holes. Something that, uh, look, you can get away with that in the ShopRite Classic. You really can't get away with it in a major championship. And and I just think, you know, 
as much as I love the LPGA and Mike Wan, who I think has, you know, had far, far more miracles than he's made mistakes. This was a complete whip. Um, they should have, they should have stayed there and played 72 holes and they should not have scrapped the first round entirely. But, um, that's, you know, neither here nor there. They ended up playing, uh, finishing on a Sunday. Uh, they actually finished in the hail on a Sunday <laughs> with a playoff. Got a got a great winner in Anna Nordquist, her second major championship. So uh, the the golf season is now officially over from a major championship standpoint. I'd have to agree with you, Steve. I was kind of disappointed they shortened it to fifty four holes. But before we look back into the past major season more, um, let's talk about I Maiazato, who said goodbye to the LPGA tour this past week. Um, she's a former world number one, and you'll never hear a negative word about her. What has she meant to the tour all these years? Well, she actually brought a Japan golf to the LPGA. I mean, everybody, you know, unfortunately, a lot of Americans will look at the LPGA and see a, you know, a crop of Asian players and they can't distinguish them. They don't know who's Korean, and who's Japanese, and who's Thai, and who's Chinese. Um, but I can guarantee you the rest of the world knows. And um, Ai Auto was, was the first Japanese player to come over, um, and she was the uh, that she was, without question, the greatest ambassador that country could have had and that the LPGA could have had uh, going back to Japan. She was tremendous. Um, she came over not speaking a word of English. She learned the language flawlessly. Uh, she was one of the best interviews out there, and she was a fan favorite for all the right reasons. She, was, she had time for everyone. She spoke to everyone. She autographed everything that was ever put in front of her. Um, very dignified in everything that she ever did. Um, it, it was it was really a treat to get to know her. She always remembered your name, which I've always found to be a trait that, since I can't do it, I've always found it to be a trait that I've always <laughs> admired in others. Um, and it was, it, she is truly someone, at, at the, I would say that um, beyond her accomplishments on the golf course, as you said, Cassie, the thing I would say most about her is I never heard an unkind word from her and I never heard an unkind word said of her. And uh, at the end of the day, that's really kind of all you can ask someone. Of the current group of players, especially the younger players, who who most resembles her? Is someone like Inji Chun kind of resemble I? You know, um, I would say so if once Inji gets a little more fluent in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, she understands a lot more than she speaks right now. And uh, it's, Inji is... is a couple of Rosetta Stone lessons away from being a real superstar. Um, right now, So Yun Yu, who is, I, I tell anyone who, uh, who asks, she is the nicest person in golf, man or woman, and it's not really that close. So uh, uh, I would say that if you had to put someone on a par with Ami Azado, it's So Yun right now. Let's get back a little bit into recapping the major season we had in women's golf. So let's start off. We had So Yun Yu win the ANA with Lexi getting the spotlight there in an unfortunate situation. We had Danielle Kang win one for her dad at the PGA. Sung, uh, Sung Hyung Park was impressive in winning the U.S. Women's Open. I.K. Kim got revenge and finally picked up her elusive major. And then Anna Nordquist this past week winning in the downpour rain. Which champions win will you remember the most? Um, I will probably remember Danielle. And uh, simply because of, of how it occurred, it was her very first, very first golf tournament win. Her first first win on the LPGA Tour, uh, and, and the fact that uh, she, she did was at a fantastic venue in Chicago at Olympia Fields, a major championship venue that has a lot of storied history. Uh, she played a terrific weekend of golf. Um, she had Brooke Henderson 
you know, right on her heels the entire time. So um, I would say that of those in terms of, of, of excitement and drama and, and storylines and the things that you'll remember years from now, uh, Danielle's was probably it. Were there any of the, of the non-major uh, events, uh, excluding the Solheim Cup, any of the, the normal tour events that kind of stick out in your mind that as you go looking back through the season? Yeah, I mean, look, we've still got an Asia swing ahead, mm-hmm. so we've still got some golf, you know, some golf left to be played. But uh, you know, I, I think Kingsmill was uh, was the one that really stands out because there you had Lexi Thompson coming back um, and winning after the uh, the A and A debacle, which really could have you know could have put a, a dent in her career. Uh, that's the kind of psychological impact uh, can really wreak havoc on a player. And for her to come back at that venue, which is, you know, by all standards, uh, could be could be a major championship venue at any moment for the ladies, uh, and win in the fashion that she did, just dominating the field, uh, I think spoke a lot to Lexi. How about the one in Portland where uh, Stacey Lewis finally won and won one for Houston too? I think that was incredible. That was an again, as storylines go, it would yeah. be hard to find one better this year uh, than Stacey Lewis breaking the three-year winless drought. When she had already committed, whatever you know, whatever check she made was going to go to hurricane relief efforts in her hometown of Houston. And the more you learn, I mean, even after the event, uh, her husband, Garrett Chadwell, had had actually gone out to the University of Houston golf course in canoes to to, to pull out equipment and golf bags. He saved a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment by paddling out to their facility uh, and getting it in the canoes and bringing it back. So. Um, you know, th- those were the kinds of things that stayed at the time that we didn't until much later. And she she hasn't won. Uh, she hadn't won since what June of 2014, right? It, it had been a, a, a good, correct, a yeah. good stretch for her. Yeah, it had been a long. It, it was the Arkansas uh, tournament in 2014. So yeah, it, it was a, a full three years. Going going back to Lexi for a moment, Steve. It seems like there's kind of this notion out there that the, the LPGA can only get attention from the casual golf fan when there is a controversy like the Evian or or with um you know Lexi or, or whatever it may be do you think that is actually true and, and if that is true what has that casual golf fan be, been missing with with not watching the LPGA well you, uh, again I think that you you know you miss not only a tremendous amount of talent out there and I, and I would I would defy anyone to watch the golf and say that it isn't compelling and that there isn't a lot of uh, a lot of athleticism on the tour right now, um, but you, you know you're missing the rise of a number of, of, of a wonderful young players. And I will point to Angel Yen as a prime example. I mean, she's in the running for uh, Rookie of the Year, even though uh, Sung Jung Park appears to have it locked up. I mean, if Angel wins a couple of times, uh, she could still still eke it out. Um, she's the longest player I've ever seen. I mean, she she regularly drives golf all over 300 yards and can move it out past 350. Um, she's unbelievable for a woman to hit it that far, and um, and a tremendous personality too. Yes, she's a young kid, and there's a lot of impetuousness that goes on there. But um, you, you know, you're you're missing that kind of talent. Um, you're missing someone, uh, as we spoke before, like a Soyeon Yu, who. I, I, I defy you to find a nicer athlete, not a nicer golfer, not a nicer woman golfer, but a nicer athlete anywhere. Uh, she's kind to everyone. She's kind all the time. It has nothing to do with how she shoot, but she shot. So um, those are the kinds of stories that I think the, the, casual, the casual golf fan, if they do not pay attention to the LPGA Tour, that's what they're missing. 
And thank you to Steve Eubanks, our LPGA insider, for kind of giving us a little bit of insight into the uh, the, the world of women's golf and, and what's transpired so far in 2017. Let's go into the schedule for this week. We have, of course, the Tour Championship at East Lake in Atlanta. As I mentioned before, we have uh, five players who can who can win this outright. If they were to win the, the Tour Championship, they could take home the FedEx Cup as well. Uh, Jordan Spieth has the best opportunity. Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, uh, Mark Leishman, John Rahm, all five of those guys can uh, can win the FedEx Cup if they are to win the Tour Championship. So exciting end of the PGA Tour season. Uh, the PGA Tour Champions is at Pebble Beach for the first tee event while the, the, the first tee kids get to uh, tee it up there. So that's always kind of a cool cool uh, event out there the uh, lpga is off this week they'll return uh, next week and the uh, web.com tour is at the dap championship at canterbury golf club in ohio they have uh, one more event um, before the uh, web.com tour championship next week and then the uh, european tour is at the portugal masters so that's kind of our our main schedule for uh, for this upcoming week for being the middle of september that's still golf to be played yeah pretty good schedule there not bad <laughs> yeah and then on a side note um the mckenzie tour which is the canadian uh affiliate with the pga tour um five players um advance to the web.com tour next year they're kramer hickok um robbie shelton johnny ruiz patrick newcomb and uh rico Huey. um kramer hickok is out of the university of texas he actually played with jordan spieth for a year uh, Robbie Shelton went to the University of Alabama. He left school a little bit early. And then Rico Huey, who just graduated in June from the University of Southern California, is now a web.com tour, um, is going to be on the web.com tour next year. So good uh, good for those guys to get some web.com tour status. Yeah, look out for Robbie Shelton. He was a great player at Alabama. And I know Justin Thomas is happy about having uh, Robbie have, have a little success here and get on the web.com tour. And Looking good. Alabama has produced some some pretty good players here recently. We had, uh, Tom Tom Lovelady uh, has earned his uh, PGA Tour card, and uh, we we've got a, a pretty good pipeline coming for the, for the Crimson Tide. Yeah, and they have some pretty good players on their team right now. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they just keep producing more great uh, PGA Tour stars. Yeah, and Emma Talley on the on the women's side has has played very well as well. So uh, yeah, they're looking like a, a pretty good a pretty good golf program there in Tuscaloosa. But before we uh, do that, we're going to go and and uh, do our picks for the, uh, the for the Tour Championship this week. Um, I guess we can make a couple of picks if if, if necessary. One to win the, the the tournament and one to win the FedEx Cup. They they may be one and the same this week. Uh, who do you like to uh, to win the tournament? Yeah, I, I'm going with last week's winner and Mark Leishman. Mm. Um, I was reading on Twitter, he's kind of having like a Billy Horschel type of year where um, if you remember back in 2014, Billy Horschel, he was close to winning in Boston. So that's now the Dial Technologies Championship. He was uh, Mark Leishman was very close, but Justin Thomas pulled out that win. And then he won and then Billy won in Lake Forest in Chicago. So, or I, it might have been Colorado that year. I don't really remember, but um so now Mark Leishman won the BMW championship and just crushed the field there, as we just talked about. And now he has a chance to all win the tournament and the tour championship. And then I think that would just be the perfect ending to the season for him. And we can actually talk about Mark Leishman next year in winning the majors and winning those big tournaments, you know, winning the players championship. So I, I'm, I'm putting my hat all in for Mark Leishman. 
Yeah, he had that 40 on the back nine in Boston and kind of mm-hmm. let that event slip through his fingers, and he really had a good chance to win there. And uh, we, we saw what happened with Billy Horschel. He gained momentum at the end of 2014 and just kind of uh, stole that that event uh, right at the very end and uh, did not make the Ryder Cup team. So, uh, yeah, I, I like that pick a lot. Mark Leishman is just kind of like a stat nerd's dream because mm-hmm. he, he, he does nothing poorly. He just, if you look at his stats, he's... He's right kind of in the top, you know, uh, 80th or higher percentile on the PGA Tour in pretty much every single stat. And that's uh, that's impressive. Mark, Mark Leishman's a he's, he's a player. He really is. And I would not be surprised at all if he wins this week. I'm going to take uh, Jordan Spieth to win uh, both the tournament and the FedEx Cup. And uh, I think I'm, my basis for it is, you know, East Lake has always really been a uh, a ball strikers golf course. It's it's a big ballpark. You really have to hit the ball well. And uh, and Jordan Spieth is is fourth in on the PGA Tour in greens and regulation. It has really hit his irons uh, tremendously well throughout the entire year. And it hasn't been as much his putter as it has been his iron play that has led him to winning, you know, the three events, the at Pebble Beach, the Travelers, and the Open Championship this year. Um, Cassie, if, if Jordan were to win this week, where do you stand in the player of the year? Because Justin Thomas, you know, has won five times, and uh, this would be a fourth win for Jordan Spieth. Do you, are you still sticking with Justin Thomas as the player of the year? I think I am. Mm-hmm. Five, five, five wins is a lot. That, I, I, I agree. Mean, that that's a lot of wins and and a major. I mean, yes, I know Jordan won too, but um, a major championship, his first major championship win. I, I think that's a I think that's a pretty big deal. I'm sticking with Justin Thomas and Player of the Year race. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm I'm also uh, I'm I don't have a ballot, but if I were to have one, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, neither do I for the record. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, ne- neither do I. <laughs> Someone but, needs uh, to get on that though. Give give us yeah. a ballot. Come on, just one. We'll split it between us. Yeah, come on. We both right? we both Maybe. agree. Justin Thomas, player yeah. of the year, or right in right now. We we submit mark, our vote. Mark it down. I'll, I'll put it out on Twitter. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's end on that note then. That's all the time we have left on the postcast this week. Please follow us on our social media feeds, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Global Golf Post and you'll be able to find us. Until next time, for Sean and I, hit him straight. See you later.